Welcome inside. This is the JSK Media Sports Podcast. It's that time of the week, folks. The best time of the week. I'm Jonah Kligman. I'm here with Sean Schball. This is the podcast where we hang out, talk sports, make some picks, and are sure to play some games. I don't know if we have any picks to make today, Sean. I don't think so with the Pro Bowl week. But we're sure still... I guess we could throw in and pick an AFC-NFC winner to stick with this intro here. Sounds good. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in there if we remember. We'll be sure to play some games. I have one for you, Shawnee. So stick around. We'll catch you up on the sports world and, as always, give you some fun. Over the weekend, Sean, we had playoff football. It was the AFC Conference Championship round. And I think I realized something this weekend. For me... Nothing beats playoff football. And in the past, I always loved playoff football. I think I liked postseason baseball a little bit better. But something flipped this weekend, and nothing beats playoff football. Not a movie, not playoff baseball. A a game like this NFC Championship, that Lions 49ers game, what's better? Absolutely nothing. I mean, like this weekend in playoff football is almost perfect you just sit on the couch all day sunday watch two incredible games i honestly can't think of anything that's better than that couldn't agree more there sean you know there was this narrative you know it was the chiefs versus the world you know everybody wanted the ravens everybody online had the ravens back nobody wants to see the chiefs and mahomes back in the super bowl so much so that everyone was locked in on them losing to the Bills. And then everyone was sure the Ravens and their secondary would take care of them. Deep down, Sean, everybody knew that the Chiefs were going to win, but their heart wanted them to lose so bad that they let it get to their head and said that these teams and the Bills and the Ravens would beat them. But me, no. And this isn't my this isn't me sitting here and saying I'm right. This is me sitting here and saying I love the Brady I love the Aaron Judges, I love the LeBrons, and I love the Mahomes. I want to look back and say I experienced the best to ever do it. You know, people want the underdog. People love the Cinderella story. But then what happens? You get to the Super Bowl, it's a dud game, and they complain. Right? You you root for these underdog teams, and then they go head-to-head in a Super Bowl-like matchup. And then it's such a bad game. These teams suck. I think the bottom line here, Sean, is just people love to complain. That's the bottom line, right? They're going to complain if it's the Chiefs and the Niners. They're going to complain if it's the Lions. And, you know, people are calling this Super Bowl a snooze fest. But I watch sports to watch the best people on the planet play the game. And I watch the Super Bowl. And I love the Super Bowl to watch the best two teams play. And that is exactly what we're getting. This Chiefs team and this 49ers team who are going to play on February 11th, those are the two best teams in the NFL. This is going to be a fantastic game, and I couldn't be more excited for this 2020 rematch. And guess what? What are the early predictions for the Super Bowl? The Niners' favor. When will they learn, not only not to bet against Mahomes, but when will they learn to not doubt them and to actually love the great teams and the great players and not be haters. 
man, I'm really starting to agree with you. And for a while, I was I, I wanted the underdog to always win, and it's something that I usually cheer for when I'm watching a game that I don't really care about. But even having the Ravens in my playoff positivity and and watching that game, I caught myself cheering for Mahomes. I I wanted the Chiefs to win because. Just watching him make crazy play after crazy play, lead them down the field, and especially in that first half, looks so t- like looks so look. He looks too good at the game of football. He makes it look too easy. It's just so amazing to watch because you know we know how hard it is to be a quarterback. We know that that is probably the hardest position to play in any sport, and he walks out there week in and week out and makes it look like anyone could do it. Like, it's just an easy thing for him. He just sits in the pocket. He scrambles around. He finds an uh, an open guy and makes a throw. He makes it look so easy. And then, you know, you had, he had that play where he's scrambling around for five minutes. I think it was either the first or second drive and had a little pitch pass to, to Travis Kelsey. I mean, just watching him play the game of football makes it more fun. So I, I'm really starting to agree with you and rooting for Patrick Mahomes. All right, well, I'm not going to knock you for taking the Ravens and betting against Mahomes because it was more of a playoff positivity strategy. But I posed to you midway through the season that the Chiefs were scuffling. And I said, and we kind of discussed that Patrick Mahomes was slow playing, right? Andy Reid and the rest of this Chiefs team, they know they're making the playoffs and they want to be fresh for the playoffs. Is this kind of a confirmation seeing just the level of play the Chiefs are at? Yeah, I think it absolutely is because it's one of those things. Like you said, they can just ease their way through the season into the playoffs. They're almost like the Braves in baseball last couple of years. For that first half of the season, you know, they're around 500. They're barely in the wild card or out of the playoffs. Then they hit that wild card, start to turn it up, ease their way into the playoffs, then hit the playoffs and hit that stride. And that's what the Chiefs were doing. They always knew they were going to make the playoffs. There was no doubt in their minds. And they just needed to wait it out till the moment came, stay healthy, and they knew Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to do what they do best. People criticize the media and this season guys like Chris Collinsworth for being obsessed with Mahomes. In baseball, people criticize Ben Verlander for doing the same with Otani. But guess what? It's for a reason. Right? We don't become obsessed with players. We talk about LeBron all the time. We don't talk about LeBron because someone's paying us to talk about LeBron. We talk about LeBron, which we will do later in the show, because he's the GOAT. And to elaborate, when I say you do not bet against Patrick Mahomes, it's not just Mahomes. It's not just about his playing ability. It's about how the team plays around him and how much they want to succeed for him. Right, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade wanted to play with LeBron, but more so, they wanted to win for LeBron. They wanted to help him and his career and solidify his legacy. And this Chiefs roster all around, it was nowhere near the Ravens all around roster or the 49ers all around roster. But they have a motivator that you cannot create. And you could talk about the system and Shanahan And you could talk about the depth of teams, but this is a quarterback central league. And when you have the best quarterback, he is a motivator that you cannot create. Like LeBron James, like Tom Brady, 
and it's called Patrick LeVon Mahomes II. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's honestly the best talent or best attribute any player could have. And like you said, with LeBron, people just play better around him. And I think, honestly, no one shows that better than Tom Brady. And, you know, you look at Julian Edelman, you look at Wes Welker, you look at Danny Amendola. He took these receivers that were nothing, that were late round or undrafted wide receivers that didn't do that much in college. But when they teamed up with Tom Brady, they were all pros, pro bowlers, top of the league, because around him, they were just better with his IQ, with his understanding of the game, the way he would place the ball and the confidence that he gave them by choosing them to be his top receiver just made them better. You know, players around them, when they have a LeBron, when they have a Tom Brady, when they have a Patrick Mahomes, they just turn up. They have a different mentality. They have a different confidence. And then when they know they're playing with a historic all-time great. Exactly. You, A good player plays well. A great player makes everyone play better. And a player that Mahomes levels up is Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's been going off this 2024 playoff season. And Sunday might have been the best I've ever seen him play. Just, there was finesse that I've never seen from Kelsey. And he took off week 18. And we can't set that aside because that had a huge part of why he looked so fresh and why he's looked so good this playoffs. And this relates back to what we were talking about with Mahomes. And Mahomes just wants to win. The great players, they don't care about stats. They just care about winning. Travis Kelsey was 16 yards away from 1,000 on the season. That would have been his eighth straight 1,000-yard year. No other tight end in history has had more than three. But is that what Kelsey cared about? Not at all, right? If he took a few snaps in Week 18, he would have ended up with that stat. But instead, he looked at the team, he looked at his career, and he knows winning that Lombardi trophy is all the more important than getting that stat. That that stat means nothing to him. He wants to win. And that's what this team cares about. And that's what having a great leader like Mahomes instills on your players. That Mahomes doesn't care about his stats, so Kelsey doesn't care about his stats. So nobody cares about the stats. They just care about winning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, just to talk about Travis Kelsey, it almost feels like he just turns it up when he needs to. Even though he didn't have the best year this year, and had a lot of down games, you know, he steps into that playoff game. He steps into that big moment, and he just turns it back up and makes it obvious to everyone watching that he is still the best tight end in the league. And I think that turning it up even goes to big moments. You look at those big third downs, those red zone plays. He's always the guy. He is Patrick Holmes' first read on every single one of those plays, and he always makes that play. Whenever there's a ball thrown to him on third down, he's going to catch it. He's gonna get the he's gonna get the first down. He's gonna keep the the drive moving. Then also, I mean, I think that's what we were talking about before, in that this is the mentality that Mahomes instills on a team that a great all time great player instills on their team is that it's not about the regular season. It's not about the stats. It's not about the individual awards. When you have someone like that, a leader like that, all they care about is winning the Super Bowl is winning that championship. 
And I think that's that's really what makes Patrick Mahomes so great. This year felt like Lamar Jackson's chance at winning a Super Bowl in his career and his chance to hop on the train, and he lost. And it looks like that ship has passed, Sean, doesn't it? I don't know. I think he can still make it happen at some point, but... I don't if know. This felt gonna, like it. This felt if like he's gonna make it happen. He something's gotta change with him because his performances in the playoffs are not enough to get even close to winning a Super Bowl. Let's pivot to the other side of the bracket here. Let's talk about the Lions. The Lions went three and thirteen and one in 2021. They went nine and eight last year, and then went twelve and five this year, and we're leading by 17 in the third quarter of the NFC Championship. I know in sports we talk about rings, which I don't agree with. And that's why I say this was, I mean, this isn't a bold statement, but this was a success, a success, a success for the Detroit Lions. And I know they didn't get to the promised land, but still, right? I think we get stuck sometimes on these stories where you know, kind of the underdog prevails and then they don't make the championship or they don't win the championship. We kind of get down on them. But this was the story in and of itself. Two years ago, 10 games under 500. Two years later in the NFC championship and had a lead at half. That's something to tip your cap for. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard to say that this wasn't a successful season. And even though a lot of times I'm easy to, you know, get down on a team that didn't finished the job but didn't win that championship they're a very young and upcoming team and I think they just give it time and you know even Dan Campbell came out after the game and said this was their chance and they might not have another chance but I think that's absolutely wrong I mean you see the improvement you look at the big players in their team they're all on almost rookie contracts they had one of the best rookie classes I've seen in years and I don't think they're going anywhere I think this team is going to continue to get better and I think the only thing that, and I, I think you give it time, they're going to be there. Dan Campbell's going to get smarter. The players are going to get better. They're already great. They're going to get better. They're already good. They're going to get better. They're going to improve at positions, and I, I think that they'll be back very soon. The 49ers were down 17 with 11-15 left in the third, and by 3:02 on the game clock left in the third, they tied it. That's an eight minutes of game clock to come back and tie it. And there have now been 114 instances in NFL history of a team trailing by 17 or more at halftime of a postseason game. The 49ers, after Sunday evening, are now the only one of those 114 to erase that deficit before the end of the third quarter. And I want to ask you, why was this possible? And now obviously it's both of these. But which one was more heavily, a Lions collapse or just the Niners going full-blown powerhouse? I think it's much more on the Lions collapse. I think obviously the Niners are a great team, and in this I'm not trying to put down that the Niners are a fantastic overall team. But I think the whole second half really just showed the inexperience of the Lions that I was talking about before. Yes, they're young and yes, they're talented, but they don't have that playoff experience. They don't have that IQ, that knowledge in the big moments. I think that's from both the players and the coach. 
there were some really rough plays, some easy wide open drop passes, some fumbles. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, quick moment things. But if you want to be a Super Bowl team, if you want to be a championship team, not a cast of wide open passes. You can't be fumbling the ball up by 10 in the fourth quarter. But also, the, the multiple fourth downs they didn't convert, I think, showed the inexperience of Dan Campbell. I think he's got to have that understanding that I know they're the fourth down team. They're going to go for it. They're going to risk it. But you need the points. You're up by 17. Take your points. Take your field goal and keep the game moving. When you're playing a great team and a great coach in the 49ers and you already have a lead, it's time you need to understand when to switch it and just play conservative. Just take your points. There's no reason to force it. It is so unnecessary. And honestly, I think there were multiple fourth downs where they kick, I think it was two field goals and had a punt. Right there, I think they win the game. Change the field position, get six more points on the board, and that could easily have been a nine, easily have been a Lions win. So I think it's really just the inexperience all around the Lions roster that led to this collapse. I know it's so easy, you know, retrospectively to look at those fourth downs and say, and you, you know, you don't want to go for it. And I know it's one of those areas where this is what got you there, right? Dan Campbell, the Lions, they went for it on fourth down more than other teams. And this is how they got to the NFC Championship. But you're in the NFC Championship. And playoff yep. football is not regular season football. And I know you want to go with what you did in the regular season, but I agree with you, Sean. At some point, you got to pivot and you got to take your points. You know, oh, a yeah, regular absolutely. season game against the Packers is different than a semifinal game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I completely agree with you. They have lasers now in stadiums, Sean, and they can track just about any stat. But a stat they still can't track is the dog in players. And the dog in Purdy was outstanding. He really kept his composure. And he came out of the locker room in the second half with, I'm not going to call it a newfound confidence. I would say no dwindle of confidence from his lackluster performance in the first half. And that was really awesome to see for really a second year starter. Yeah. And I really, you know, I've not been a very big Purdy fan and not the biggest supporter, but I think one of the hardest things to do in sports is to be losing and play confident and play how you know you well should said. play, even when you're down. And to be in that big of a moment with that many people watching, with that much pressure for a guy that was the last pick in the draft, it's it's really impressive that he was able to walk out of the tunnel with the same confidence he had when they were up by 30 in Philadelphia and lead his team back it was definitely really impressive to see. There's a fundamental piece of hypocrisy going on in NFL coverage. And I want to see, I want to pick your brain and see if it rubs you the wrong way, the same way it does me. So the NFL will throw flags and penalize players like, you know, Zay Flowers on Sunday for taunting, but then use that clip for marketing. And I say, pick one. Is it taunting and an issue? And that's not how we play the game and throw that flag and penalize a player and a team. Or is it entertaining? And is it going to be used at a commercial? I'm fine either way, but don't do both. So I completely agree with you. I think it's terrible to using both, but then I don't think it should be taunting in an issue. 
I really don't. I think, you know, I'm all for letting the players have fun and celebrate. I think it's good for them. I think it'll allow them to play looser. I think it'll allow them to have more fun while playing the game and will encourage them to have more fun while playing the game. Because at the end of the day, they're playing a sport that millions of people love and that they love. And if you keep restricting it and keep doing those little things, it makes it less enjoyable to play. So I think if they allow them to, you know, celebrate more and listen, there has to be a level of everything. There has to be some level penalty, but you know, getting up and flexing on a guy after a fantastic catch, I love it. It also makes the game more entertaining to watch for fans. It makes the game more appealing for them to show that emotion. It shows how much they care. It shows how much they love the game. So I'm all for the celebrating, for the taunting, for whatever it is. I agree, right? And a level, right? As long as you're not touching... There's a level. As if you're not touching another player, if you're not throwing a ball at them, if you're not touching them, flex on him. Yeah. And have the have the NFL and CBS and everyone post it, but I, I, I don't like the, di- the dichotomy there and the hypocrisy. For sure. All right, sure. Sean, the Pro Bowl was changed to a flag football game last year. It's going to stay as that. And some might say it's boring, but we talked about it earlier this year, a new Olympic sport. So this Pro Bowl, I call it the Olympic trials now. I honestly love the flag football. I think it's great. The tackle football Pro Bowl game will never be entertaining because none of them want to tackle each other or get hurt or do anything. And I think in flag football, it takes them back to like those backyard days as kids and they're, you know, messing around the clips of Trayvon and Stefan Diggs going at each other. I think it's a lot more fun to watch, honestly. And they're they're getting ready for 2028. Well, exactly. Of course. All right. I, I, I promised the our wonderful listeners early on we'd make a, a, a Pro Bowl pre- prediction. This is the show where we make picks because we won't make our Super Bowl pick till the Super Bowl special, the second annual Super Bowl special next week. But before then, you want to make a Pro Bowl pick? Honestly, I don't know. I'll take the NFC. It's Seahawks. Geno's playing, so I'll take the NFC. All right, then I got to take the AFC to make things interesting. <laughs> make things a little, yeah, exactly. All right, playoff positivity. We'll finish it up next week. But I went 2-0 this week. You took the Ravens. The score is now 71-53. I actually clinched before even the SF Detroit game. We'll wrap up next week, though. But I I won. So just looking back on the JSK Media Sports podcast and our official pick system, you won the locks by good amount. Then you won by a half game, the big three. But then I kind of destroyed you in playoff positivity. So you're still yeah. two and one in the larger realm, but recency bias, I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> the recency bias of this one thing? Yes, of the past four <laughs> weeks. <laughs> Got it. How fun was that Warriors Laker game the other night? Oh, it was amazing. It was yeah, ideal. I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want out of a game. I was Your so entertainment. Fun. That was just so good. LeBron James has now had 20-plus points and 10-plus assists in each of his last three games. He's the first 39-year-old player with a three-game streak of 2010 games in NBA history. LeBron, he's the GOAT, Sean. He's been doing things like this for, for, he's almost 40 years old. And I know there's the MJ talk, but he was on the Wizards and he sucked when he was this age. LeBron's been doing this 
for 20 years, and he's still three games in a row putting up 20 points, having 10 assists. No way he retires this year, right? He needs to play with Bronny. I think he waits. I really think he does. I think it'd be so entertaining. And then just going to that stat, listen, there are very few players in NBA history that could do what he's doing right now at any point in their career. Let alone at his age, he is just making it more and more obvious that he's the GOAT. I, I, it's getting less and less of a debate to me that he is. He is the GOAT. Here's the issue, is that the older generation doesn't understand completely internet culture because their argument is how MJ affected basketball culture, and I'm not putting that down. He put the NBA and basketball into the limelight. I don't want to diminish that. But LeBron James's internet and meme impact is so profound. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, there's and that, he's just that so argument. much more talented. <laughs> he's, okay, like, but Sean, here's the thing: is LeBron has the better stats, so the argument becomes what he did for basketball and what he did for Nike. But I'd argue LeBron's done that and more. Yeah, and, and he's I taken it into agree. this social media realm you know he's in movies there's just lebron is just so iconic like his face you know yeah i think in you know he's playing in the bigger age of social media and internet and technology so he's getting you know more attention more pressure from the outside and he's living up to it he's all over it and you know he steps up when the Light to the brightest. All right, before we get into our fun question, I have two quick orders of Major League Baseball business. First off, the Dodgers came out with their promotional schedule today, and on that schedule is two Shohei Otani bobbleheads, one Shohei Otani shirt, and one Shohei Otani hat. He has four promotions this year. It's absurd. <laughs> That's absurd. Listen, they're paying him enough money. They got to make money off of him. I know, right? Sean Kemp has a bobblehead. Does that surprise you? This for this year? Yeah. That's so cool. That's a cool Bru- one. And Brewstar has one of his, the fist pump he does oh, when he comes Bruce off. love Star. Yeah, take a look at the schedule. But I thought Matt Kemp yeah, was really interesting. And then scope-wise, had to talk about Shohei. Another quick order of Major League Baseball business. We talked about it last week. Who was going to be on MLB The Show 24 on the cover. And... I'm surprised we didn't think of this guy, but it's your buddy Vlad Jr. Yeah, I'm honestly, when you, you sent it to me earlier today, and I was really disappointed that he wasn't my guest because, you know, he fits in perfectly with my oh, criteria yeah. to pick J-Rod. And I love Vlad. Totally. totally. So I was I was kind of upset that I, that wasn't my guest. Yeah, I, I, I thought that was pinpoint. I'm surprised we didn't think of it, but congratulations to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I'll... I'll I'll let the podcast know if I end up getting 24. <laughs> maybe if you, maybe if I know you're making some visits up here in the Bay, I'll get it so we could play. Sounds great. All right. Pro Bowl weekend. More entertaining, I'd say, than the game are the skills competitions. And the NFL Pro Bowl is kind of famous for those skills comp. My question for you, what niche skills comp would you crush? It does, not right. even sports related. 
So, so that was my question. Does it have to be a football skills comp? Oh, no, 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 no. Like, do that make it skill? Do you want me to go first so you could kind of know where your head's yeah, at? Yeah, I, I would, I would. All right, a game Sean and I like to play if we're, you know, in cars, stuck in traffic, we'll take out the stopwatch on our phone and we'll try to stop it at one second. And we've become good at it. And I think to the average person, this would be a niche skills comp I would trust in taking out their phone and stopping the stopwatch at exactly one zero zero. That's my answer. Yeah, that's a good one. And you're very good at that. Like, kind of no, scary. Don't, don't hype me up too much because I don't want people to, I don't want like, I don't want to be able to like go to restaurants in the mall and everyone's like, Jonah, Jonah, stop the stopwatch. You know, it's not, it's still <laughs> oh hard. So don't hype me up too much. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll make sure people don't come up to you. Like, you like know, your I, security I, or something. Yeah. Like I want Sean, I want to go out to dinner with you and not be like bombarded with stopwatches. <laughs> That's a great point. I, I apologize for that. See, this is tough because I don't like, I don't, I couldn't really, I don't have one off the top of my head like you do. I mean, I think what I'd really be the best at is some, something with one of the sports games, you know, give me a player and I can give you the number. I think would oh, that's definitely good. be up there. I think I'm pretty good at that. But I don't know. I don't think I have one quite as good as you. I think I've gotten really good at another game we used to play in Flappy Golf. Oh, really? I spent a lot of time playing Flappy Golf on planes. So that that might be mine too. That's your plane go-to? Yeah, it's a good one. My plane go-to is 2048. Interesting. But I, I don't even want that game. I don't even want to say I'm close to that because that's like, I guess technically a math game and I'm sure there's like wizards at that so I don't yeah, want to even, like, I'm not even going like... to put that out there <laughs> alright you ready for the game yeah I'm excited who are the last three areas to win in two major sports so NHL MLB NFL NBA areas in the same year cities in the same year last three okay. Boston what year Oh, I will. I know it's it's the Patriots and the Bruins. They went in 2018. Okay, 2018. I'm gonna give you it because you said Boston area, but it's, but it's Patriots not the and Red Sox. Oh, sure, it was a Red Sox, not the Bruins. Okay, I'm gonna give you that. It counts. Yeah. All right. Was it? Oh, this is tough. Okay, so that's the first one. So now you're going more recent. I'll give you that. That's my I'm going hint. more recent. Yeah, that was like if we're working chronologically, we're starting at 2018 for the last three. Okay, got it. You think that helped me more than it is? Ooh, this I is could tough. give you it's a ginormous. Area. No, I could give you a ginormous hint. Let me give me a couple more seconds. Not the Bay Area. It's not LA. It's not a. Is it LA? No. Come on. Is it L- Oh my god, it's LA. Yeah. It is LA. Sure. Is it what, 2020? Yeah, the bubble year. Yeah. Yeah, Lakers so Dodgers. True. Yeah, Lakers Dodgers. Of my course. hint was that the same two teams did it in 1988. Lakers won there back to back in 87 sure. 88, and the Dodgers won there. Okay. And now right, am so I more recent? Boston or 2018, less recent? Los Angeles 2020. We're working chronologically. You're doing well. More recent. More Actually, recent. Actually, same year. Same year. Same year? So now so, you just right. You have NBA and MLB. So now you just got to flip. So it. who won football in twenty twenty? The Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. And? The Bucks won in the rate in the 
raise one, not raise the lightning. There you go. Yeah. All right, that was a good one. Yeah, you like that? I'm kind of disappointed that it took me that long to get L.A. Yeah, I, okay, so the back-to-back ones there, Boston, the one before 2018 was also Boston in Patriots and Red Sox 2004. Year before that was the greater Los Angeles area in 2002, the Lakers and the Angels. Mm. With the air quotes. With the air quotes that the people at home <laughs> can't see. Well, they, yeah, because the Angels. But it's that's kind of crazy that there was a gap from 2004 to 2018, and there's been three since three then. And, right, and two four of them, two apiece were 2020. So 2004 so really to 2018, in, in two year in three years there were three of them. Right after there weren't any for what 12 years. Yeah, wow, it's crazy. All right, Sean, what is this? The first week in like 22 weeks without a real football game? Yeah, it's kind of sad. Kinda, it's so sad. You know what I tell people, Sean? Because obviously, you know, I'm walking around asking everyone how excited they are about the Super Bowl, and they're definitely not as excited. You know how the Super obviously. Bowl has become a term for the Super Bowl, like, oh, the Bachelor finale is my Super Bowl. Sure. I tell people the Super Bowl is my Super Bowl. My <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's true though. The yeah, Super absolutely. Bowl is my Super Bowl. Oh my god, I've been building up that. Sunday for like 12 months since the last Super Bowl ended you know well like Sean, all last we've been doing year, is last year you were on a plane I'll give you 24 I months wasn't a plane. I wasn't a pl- well listen I was I was landed in Memphis by the time the game started all but right still, fine. It was not definitely not the same experience I'm used to but yeah you I mean you spend all year building up who's gonna do it who's gonna win who's gonna be in it and you know it all comes down to this Excited for our second annual Super Bowl special next week? Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. All right. Well, stick around next week. Our second annual, the JSK Media Sports Podcast Super Bowl special. You've been listening to the JSK Media Sports Podcast. Consider sharing our podcast with a friend to build up our JSK family here. Consider giving us a rating. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.